Our microphone can barely work. Say that again. <laughs> Welcome back to Technological, where nothing works. <laughs> That's why it's called Technological. Fuck it. We Dude, have no tell this guy. <laughs> tell this guy to hang up Skype. Tell him to hang up Skype. I can't fucking. I can't fuck. Tell him to hang up Skype. We'll, we'll get back to him next week. He said we'll get back to you in a month. When his fucking internet works, dude, I'm dumping this fucking guy, dude. I'm dumping this fucking oh, guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> I haven't even tried it yet. I just brought it in like a week ago. I haven't I haven't started hooking any of that stuff up yet. But I can't play around with that guy. Can't do it. So, welcome back to Movie Mondays here on Technological. Once again, I got your superstar Techfall Skyping in from uh, Virginia. And uh, so, what's the last thing you've seen on Netflix, Hulu, in the theater, whatever? Uh, right now, I'm watching the Umbrella Academy. Well, who's in that? So it it just came out. It's with uh, it's about the superheroes in the 20th century at an instant of the finishing blow in a cosmic wrestling match. So it's actually pretty darn good. Have what what have you started watching? I just on a what channel was it? Amazon Prime. I just finished the show called The Widow. Okay. Really good. Really good? Uh, yeah, Kate... What's her name? Kate Beckinsale. Her husband apparently died in a cr plane crash in the Congo. And then she sees something on the news that leads her to believe he's still alive three years later. So she goes out to the Congo to find him. You know, I won't give I won't give too much away, but it is a freaking awesome show. A lot of twists, a lot of plot twists, and uh, mystery and suspense and action in the Congo there. And each episode, you know, has it's definitely like one of those cliffhanger shows. Like every episode's a cliffhanger, and each episode just gives you more information on the characters' backstory and then what led them to go into like this situation or that situation and things of that and things of that nature. So it's like, it's a pretty good show on, uh, it's on Amazon prime. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely interested in another sh uh, movie that just came out. It's called the, the triple frontier. Have you, have you seen the trailer for that one? What movie? It's called the the Triple Frontier. That's the one with Ben Affleck. Nah, that's a new Netflix. New yeah, Netflix it looks, release. It looks ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's a new Netflix release. It just got released. Uh, it just got released like the other day. It's like a five ex special forces soldiers. They plan to rob a, a cocaine cartel boss of all of his cash at his house in the Amazon jungle area, the triple borders, like Peru, Brazil, and Colombia. And then problems arise after the plan's initiated. 
but okay. it's, it's directed by uh, J.C. Chandler. Uh, I don't know writer. Who, I don't recognize that name. Chandler. You don't, you don't recognize don't, him? No, I don't recognize that name. Is this okay. a series or a movie? No, this is actually a movie. Uh, so it's just a one-off movie? Yeah, yeah. It's just a, okay. a Netflix. Uh, it's just a Netflix original. Okay. But the, the, the cast Definitely have to check that out. Yeah, the cast of characters is um, uh, pretty darn good. Like, it's I'm surprised that Ben Affleck. Like you can't get any bigger than Ben Affleck is doing uh, Netflix originals now. Like, I Will Smith expect, did. I wouldn't expect to see him doing a Netflix original. Well, Will Will Smith did a Netflix original. Yeah, I think that's where that? people are. Uh, what the heck the was seven, that? What's the name of the movie? Seven Pounds. No, no, he did. He did this Netflix original movie about like, what if fairies and elves and orcs had always been a part of our society? And it took place in El- Compton, L.A., Co- Compton, California, LAPD. Yeah, I know. know I know. I know. Type movie. I know a movie you you're talking, talking about? about. Yeah. Blind Spot or not trying, Blind try, Spot. Trying to pinpoint the name of it. What the heck was that called? I could always look it up too. Yeah, speaking of Will Smith, have you seen the new trailer for The Fresh Prince of Bel Air? What is it, a new show? They're making a movie out of it. Is it with him, all grown up? No, it's not with Will Smith. It's it, it, it's a younger version of Will Smith. Like somebody just played a, it was just a younger version because they can't have Will Smith play that character. But it goes back from where he starts off playing basketball and him getting in trouble and moving out to um, Bel Air, you know, with his uncle and his aunt. It just tells the whole story of what happened. Mm-hmm. That actually looked pretty serious. Well, the name of the Netflix original that Will Smith did was called Bright. Bright. Yes. Bright. Yeah. That's right. Now, and I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Now the net now the, the new Fresh Prince movie, I haven't seen trailers for that. Have you seen a trailer for uh Aladdin? Will Smith as the genie? Yeah, I did. Not interested at all. No, no. no. Whatsoever. Count me out, man. Yeah, you you can't replace Robin Williams. No. There's no. How can you replace Robin Williams? He played the, he played the genie in the original cartoon, Aladdin. Remember that movie? Back in the day. Robin Williams did. Yeah, Robin Williams was um. Yeah. The the genie. Yeah. So. Yeah. You ready for Bad Boys? Bad Boys Ready 3? Bad Boys for Life. <clears throat> Should be a good movie. Bad Boys 4? Bad Boys for Life? No, this would be Bad Boys 3. They have Bad it Boys would be Bad, bad boys, boys 3, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, it would be bad yeah. because they made Bad Boys and then Bad Boys Two. You are correct, Mi- sir. This took place in Miami. Yep, you are correct, sir. Who was who was uh who was the better one of the two, Martin Lawrence or uh, Will Smith? I would say Will Smith. You liked him better. Yeah. I liked them both. I'd say, yeah, Will Smith. A little bit better. I mean, I, 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 I've I, always I, liked Martin Lawrence, but. But I think he's a better actor. Will Smith. Yeah. Who do you like better, much. Goose? Who do, who do you like better, Goose or Maverick? Maverick. <laughs> who do you like better? <laughs> Maverick. <laughs> Dude, that didn't make any sense. You've Dude. seen Top Gun, right? Yeah. Everybody that... had their shirt off during that volleyball scene, except for Goose. <laughs> Anthony, who was it? Anthony Edwards? Yeah. What... From uh, Revenge of the Dude. Nerds? He was like, he was the only one like <laughs> not built. He Everyone's walking built. around. Huh? He was never built. Everyone's walking around with no shirt on, and then you got Anthony Edwards walking around with a tank top. Like, nah. I don't think I I don't think I measure up. I'll just wear this tank top. Yeah, his name was Nick Bradshaw, aka Goose. Yeah. And then and then who was Val Kilmer? He was Iceman? Yeah, Ice. Iceman. Was he Ice or Iceman? Iceman. Iceman, yeah. Goose and Maverick. Goose is like his Watson. Like Sherlock Holmes is walking around acting like he knows everything. And really, it's Watson. (laughs) Watson's really the brains and the brawn behind everything. Yeah, Dr. John Watson. Dr. John Watson. Goose Goose is walking around like Tom Cruise looks better, better body. I'm the better pilot. And, and And spoiler alert. Goose ends up dying because Maverick does something stupid. That is true. You big stupid dum-dum. What about Walter from, uh, was it Walter Sobchak from the Big Lebowski? (laughs) Yeah, the Big Lebowski. Over the line. (laughs) Market zero. Market zero. Market zero, dude. Market eight, dude. Market zero. Come on, it's smoky. I don't care if it's smoky. This a it's a league game. <laughs> it's a league game. Have we all lost our fucking minds? Do the rules not matter anymore? You are entering a world of pain, Smoky. You are entering a world of fucking pain. He pulled out a pistol. Yeah, dude. Losing his fucking mind, his dog's fucking losing his mind. We all have friends like Walter, don't we? That's a great movie. Yeah, The Big Lebowski is a great movie, yeah. It's a cult classic, as they call it. Cult classic. Which, what defines a cult classic? What's your definition of a cult classic? I mean, I guess uh, a cult classic would be something that 
maybe didn't go to the theater, maybe did. Probably wasn't a huge box office success, but people talk about it all the time, and it just became like iconic. It became very well known. It's a million people's, it's a million different people's favorite movie of all time. But like, like Boondock Saints wasn't even in the theater. Cult classic. Evil Dead, the Evil Dead movies. Uh, I think Evil Dead 2 might have been in some theaters back in the day. I don't know. I was way too young to even know what the fuck was going on with the Evil Dead movies when they first came out. But everybody talked about them. And when I finally saw them, I'm like, this movie was amazing. It's a cult classic because people, I guess, begin cults based on it. And they worship the movie and they dress up in robes. And they sacrifice cats and dogs in honor of the movie. And they drink blood. And they have orgies in respect to the Big Lebowski and the Evil Dead and Boondock Saints. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why it's a cult classic, man. I'd say the best sidekick ever is Wilson from Castaway. Why do you say that? Dude, I mean, how did you see that movie? Yeah. How heartbroken were you when he lost Wilson? Pride. <laughs> it's a fucking volleyball with a blood stain on it. <laughs> but but like that's what kept him sane through the whole fucking movie, dude. It was Wilson. Wilson kept him sane and as odd oddly enough that freaking volleyball ended up having a personality through Tom Hanks I would say my favorite one was Garth from Wayne's World swing swing <laughs> swing <laughs> I mean dude that's like Saturday Night Live at its best yo there's been a few SNL box office hits that by far was the number one box office hit from being an SNL movie. Yeah, because they also made the Night at the Roxbury. Night at the Roxbury was really good. SNL hit. Would you consider the Blues Brothers movie an SNL movie? Or did that end up being... I I guess that might have came before and then they made it out of it. In an SNL made it off of that or I don't know which came first I don't know which came first either but I guess you could categor- categorize that that movie as a SNL movie and another movie that was an SNL movie was a Superstar Superstar didn't do well though but it still was an SNL movie I guess Well, yeah, Superstar was an SNL movie. It was. It was. It definitely was. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was a hit, though. No. I mean, it wasn't that great, but it's still an SNL movie. Yeah. Now, even... All right. Would you consider Adam Sandler's movies to be SNL movies? Or did he leave SNL and then go do movies? 
happened was that he took some people from SNL, like uh, Chris Farley, of course. And Norm MacDonald. And, and then he created his own movie. I wouldn't necessarily say that there were um, SNL movies because it wasn't based off. It was just characters that he created, like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, those no. were. Yeah, you're right. Those are, those were it SNL wasn't, skits. Yeah, he never did an SNL skit off of those characters like Billy Madison. He just had, I guess, would you would you call them um, like personalities? Like Billy Madison was like a personality that he had, and he kind of created that character off one of his personalities. You know, like he was. But he never like, did the Billy Madison. He character never on did SNL. The, no. Right. But he. But he. He always talked that way, though. You know what I'm saying? Like some of the ways yeah. that he talked in Billy Madison, he always, and even some of his other movies, he talked like that. Like in yeah, Airheads. Happy, let's be in honest. Airhead. Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore, and Billy Madison are kind of the same character, but like older, maybe. Yeah. And just in a different situation. Like obviously they're different characters, but they're pretty much the same character. One's more immature, and. The other one's more violent. And then anger management is like another character based off that same personality. I would say probably the the character that was similar to uh, Billy Madison was his character in Airheads. Yeah. That resembles completely like his character in uh, Billy Madison. Exactly, and Airheads, and Airheads has so many SNL people in it, and still, it's not an SNL movie. No, they and never that, they never did that skit, right? Because it was never a skit on SNL first, yeah. right? Even and what's even funnier is, I don't think Michael Richards, who played Kramer on Seinfeld, had any successful projects since Seinfeld except Airheads. That's it. That's all he was on. Because he did that movie. Was it? He knows what the guy's doing right now. He's he's not well. He's probably he's probably chiming into our podcast right now. Trying to, and he can't figure out his computer. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's probably listening in to see what's going on right at this moment. (laughs) Well, Kramer, Michael Richards, he was. You remember that movie UHF with Weird Al? Yeah. You ever seen that movie? Where you you get nothing. <laughs> Ooh, red snapper. Very delicious. You can go with a red snapper or you can go with what's in the box. I'm going to go with what's in the box. Let's see what's in the box. Absolutely nothing. You're so stupid. <laughs> Dude, that was like the best skit of that whole movie. That was the funniest scene of that whole fucking movie. But Michael Kramer, uh, my bad, Michael Richards, a.k.a. Kramer, he was the janitor of the TV station. And then they, yeah. gave him, then they gave him his own show, and he's like, can I still be the janitor? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, if you want to be, sure, but we're, giving, we're, we're letting you host your own TV show. He's like, as long as I can still be the janitor, uh, sure, if you have to be, yeah. And then, did you? I've never seen that movie Trial and Error. Apparently, uh, who was it? Jeff Daniels and Charlize Theron were in it. 
I never saw mm-hmm. that. I've never seen it either. And then uh, he popped, and then Michael Michael Richards popped up in uh, Kirby Enthusiasm as himself, trying to do like a whole uh, Seinfeld reunion. It was really freaking funny. Very well done. You love that show, Kirby, Kirby Enthusiasm. It's is phenomenal. Great show. Great show. I think, in my opinion, the greatest movie sidekick, because Kramer was a pretty Kramer and Costanza were pretty good sidekicks to, to Jerry. But movie sidekicks, greatest, in my opinion, oh. greatest sidekick ever in the history of movies is Chewbacca. Han Chewbacca. Solo's Han Solo's right hand man, Chewbacca. Now, as a sidekick, could it be played by different by the same person and just different characters? By the same actor, like like Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, they're always in movies together. Yeah, would he be would he be considered his sidekick? Oh, and Swingers, Trent. Well, well, Swingers made they're in in together. Um, they're in a few other movies together. They were in Rudy together. They were in Rudy together. They were in. The breakup together. Dude, Dude those two have always worked together, man. Those guys have been lifelong friends. Why can't why can't John Favreau get Vince Vaughn in some of those Marvel movies, man? Huh? John Favreau pretty much started the whole uh, MCU. He directed the first couple of Iron Men. But yeah, dude, Vince Vaughn is like John Favreau's best sidekick, right hand man. Yeah, John Favreau wrote Swingers. John Favreau wrote Swingers. Dude, I was uh, doing a lot. I was doing a lot of research on that movie, uh, Swingers, and I found a lot of interesting facts about that movie. Like, remember, uh, remember the scene where in the beginning of the movie he's opening up the refrigerator for no apparent reason. You see him just open up the refrigerator. Yeah. You know why they did that, right? No. Because they said the lighting was so bad to go get extra light. Because they needed light on that scene. Because it was so dark. Remember, he kept going in there, and he was just opening it up for no reason. The reason why he did that, because of the lighting. They needed more lighting, but they couldn't figure out a way without adding lights to it. So they so of, he just keeps opening up the refrigerator to So he he opened up the refrigerator and but he's but if you see him he's not doing anything like he's just opening it up and just standing there. But what's 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 the beauty about that scene also is it's so realistic because you know if you're on the phone and you're just pacing around the house you open up the fridge and you're like I don't want nothing and then 5 minutes later you'll open up the fridge again like maybe there's something I want nope there's nothing I want. But then he flicks like they use it was all like it wasn't any lights that they used or anything like because right. he flicks on the, the kitchen light and then he flicks it back off. He walks out. He walks back in where it's still dark and then he opens up the refrigerator again for the second time. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool things that I didn't realize about that movie. Like remember they were doing the Reservoir Dog walk? Yeah. Like when they're walking in slow motion to resemble <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. That was actually that was actually filmed in like it took them like three minutes to film it in the behind the seven eleven they did that shot. 
Right. Just like at some random 7-Eleven. They were like, yeah, we're going to film it back here. This is where we're going to do it at. Which I thought that was kind of kind of cool that they did. You know, we're just going to pick a 7-Eleven and just we're just going to shoot it kind of like uh, like guerrilla style filming. You know, right. kind of underground filming where we're just yep. going to. There's not going to be that much lighting. We're just going to film it here, and, and we're going to film it in this amount of time. This well, is going to be this is going to be a real quick shot, right? You know, if you well, guys see, this walking. was also this was also in the big rise of independent films and for uh, foreign films coming over to America as well. Jackie Chan, and uh, uh, at the same time, I think in '96, Rumble in the Bronx came over here, but I think. In Hong Kong, Rumble in the Bronx came out in 94, but in 96, they released it in U.S. theaters. In 92, or maybe 91, Reservoir Dogs was released, limited, select theaters, very independent, otherwise straight to tape. And it was it was uh, released on video by Live Entertainment, and Live Entertainment was known for like B-movies. Every once in a while, they'd have a really great, unheard of, independent film, but they were mostly known for like your blood sport type movies, your American kickboxer type movies. Live Entertainment was, and but Live Entertainment was the uh, the home release distributor for Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs didn't start blowing up until like ninety two or ninety three when it got on tape, and everybody was watching it because I remember seeing the trailer to Reservoir Dogs on a bunch of other B movies, you know, like. Uh, Remember when you would go into Blockbuster and you would just see movies you have you you haven't seen yet? You've seen them all. You've seen all the big stuff, and you want to just grab something, some B movie horror, B movie action thing with Jean Claude Van Damme or or uh, Steven Seagal or whatever crap. And they would always have the trailer for Reservoir Dogs on it. So now ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, you got movies like Rudy. The Full Monty, which was like a British. You remember The Full Monty came out, I think, in 95. You had a couple of British and French movies coming out. Who was that Italian filmmaker that came out with Life is Beautiful? Uh, Jackie Chan's movie. A couple of Jackie Chan's movies were coming to the U.S. And so about, about 95, 95, 96, 97, a huge, huge rush of independent films. And... Swingers was made, I think, on a shoestring budget. Vince Vaughn went from Swingers to Jurassic Park Two, the Lost World, uh, the Lost World, uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, because Steven get- Spielberg, he he never even heard of Vince Vaughn, so until Swingers, like he saw Swingers, he was like, "Dude, I love this guy," and he he was not even known for anything other than just doing this movie. He's like, "Have you seen Swingers?" Right. He goes, "No, I haven't." Like, well, we have this character where we have this actor, Vince Vaughn, and then he saw he's the movie. He was, like, he was like, this guy's perfect. Right. And Vince Vaughn even said, just the catering for Lost World Jurassic Park 2 was the entire budget for Swingers. Because he was, I guess, checking out numbers and shit like that. But it's crazy, man. I mean, that whole rise. And so what Doug Lyman of Swingers was doing, and John Favreau uh, wrote Swingers with Doug Lyman, and Doug Lyman directed it, they were remarking on Reservoir Dogs 
they were spoofing Reservoir Dogs for spoofing, I think it was Goodfellas. Or, you know, taking a little, not spoofing it, but they were spoofing Reservoir Dogs for taking from Goodfellas. So that whole Reservoir Dogs walk in Swingers was kind of a homage to Tarantino homaging other films. You know, it was just like a play on a play on a play, if that makes sense. I don't, maybe I'm not making sense, I don't know, but hopefully that makes sense. But it's just like all these independent filmmakers, you know, giving credit to other independent filmmakers for making these indie films and these struggling filmmakers, getting them notoriety. And there's such a huge rush of all these indie films, foreign films coming to the U.S., a whole bunch of new shit to be checking out. Swingers is one of my favorite movies of all time because it's like the simplest of the the most simple, excuse me, the most simplest of scripts and stories. But it's just a bunch of actors getting together and acting really well, having great chemistry and pulling off a great story. It's the simplest of stories. Guy breaks up with a girl after six years, can't, struggles to get over her. His boys help him out. There's so many other movies before and after that. But yeah, you Swingers, know Vince, Vince Fong's dad was in the movie? And, oh, John, Favreau's, and John Favreau's uh, mom was in the movie. Uh, he was at the Over poker there. table. The man at the poker table when he, when he comes in there and he, and he puts the 300 down and he doubles down on the 11. His dad is sitting there to his far right-hand side. And he's like, he's the one that goes, hey, that's the best streak I've been on all day. And then his mom okay. is his mom was in a movie too, at the stakes table. Uh, his okay. mom his his mom was at the low stakes table. <laughs> like, and, then, and then Vince Vaughn's dad was at the higher stakes table when they remember the first table that they went to and he put down a three hundred. Yeah, yeah. That was uh-huh. his dad. And then John Favreau's mom was at the other table. Remember the guy came up and said, uh, "Do you want some breakfast?" Yeah, that, that was his. That was his mom. There's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting, yeah, facts that I've pulled up about the movie, of like some of the, like some of the techniques that they use for filming, like they had a low budget camera, and like to eliminate some of the noise and the vibrations, they they wrapped like a towel around the, the camera. Oh, okay. Of, or a piece of foam, something that they did to eliminate the vibrations of the camera. They were probably or, still or, shooting or, on or, film. Or, or, or to kind of soundproof it. Well, they, yeah, because like, they were like, probably like, still shooting on film back then. Like, like a piece of a mattress, I, I want to say. That's cool. But then they, they got yeah, that man. uh They got that, that money... You're so money. They got that from somewhere else as well. They they jacked that from somebody. Trying to see. Yeah. Okay. Here's the the one about the the odd camera technique. It said due to a lack of money, you know, Doug Lehman uh, shot the film on a, a Aton 35, which is a small like documentary camera. So let me see what else it says. It says the small documentary camera, it sounds like a sewing machine. So he had to wrap a down jacket around the camera and then rock and then wrap a down comforter around the jacket so it wouldn't make so much noise. See, because it was kind of vibrating. Mm-hmm. Because the, cam- the camera sounded like a, 
a sewing machine from what they say. So I worked with a couple to... of those cameras like that before. Yeah, I thought that there's a lot of things that were pretty cool. Oh, so so the you're so money thing came from a Spike Lee and Michael Jordan commercial. That's where they got it from. Oh, okay. And they used it on a set of Rudy when they were filming that movie together. But behind the scenes. Yeah. So the director kept saying, kept calling the the basketball player money. In the Nike in the Nike commercial, so that's where they got. You're so money. You're so money. <laughs> You're so money. You don't even realize it. <laughs> oh, I think, and I think I know what. I think I know what which one it is. What Nike commercial it is? Yeah. It's. I think it's the one where Spike Lee was standing on Jordan's shoulders. Yeah. Spike Lee was up there on the hoop and he's standing on Jordan's shoulders. I got it. I got it up here right now. And then he walks away and he leaves him hanging. Yep. That's funny. So you remember the party scene, right? Uh, when they go for the modeling agency, they go to the, the party for the modeling agency and he gets that girl's number and he rips it up. He gets it in a napkin and he rips it up. And yeah. He goes, come on, man. T can't work with that. She's business class. Uh-huh. That was that was an actual party that they went to in the Hollywood Hills. So it was a friend of the crew that lived in Hollywood Hills on Temple Hill Drive. So two of the four residents, uh, this guy Wick Jeffrey and Martin Bowman, yep. later produced the Twilight movies. So in the attendance were actors Mike White and Adam Scott and Fabro's downstairs neighbor at the time. So Scott uh-huh. had no idea what all the cameras were for. <laughs> so, so it was actual party, and I guess that guy lived uh, lived downstairs from John Favreau. And they're like, "What's yeah. going on here?" He's like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna film we're gonna film a movie here tonight." <laughs> That's funny. We're gonna so, we're and, film and a movie, it, man. And then also another key point was remember they they filmed at the Derby when they were listening to Big Bad Voodoo Daddies, so they were all actual customers at that place. Like it wasn't set up or anything, so they were actual paying customers and unpaid extras. It was just people that were there. Like this whole thing was kind of like improvised, you know. That's funny. So the party was improv? It looks like well the party was was actual was that was an actual party. They just they just brought in the cameras, you know what I'm saying? They didn't really know had no this guy Scott, Adam Scott, which was Faber's downstairs neighbor, had no idea what the cameras were for. So it wasn't like they pre planned this to look like it wasn't like, hey Scott uh, yeah, we're gonna film at this party tonight at this location. We're gonna need some extras and some people to like gather around. Like there's an actual party going on. You know what I'm saying? These was this was like a legit party going on, and they just brought their cameras and their crews. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's the way to do it, man. <laughs> and say and say, hey, man, we're gonna film like tonight. You mind? Nah, go ahead. Well, that's that's a, that's one way to save a buck, because they don't have to pay for the party. They don't have to hire extras. They don't have to cater it. They don't have to bring booze. They don't have to bring nothing. Just the cameras and and like what was it? The the four actors. Yeah, and that was it. Wasn't it Mikey Trent? I forget. Sue. The other, the other two guys. Sean. I don't, I don't remember. But that to me, man. So that I, was I the got best. What? Did, there's a, there's up? another there's another uh, interesting bit about this movie. So remember the bar scene at the Derby. Remember when he's lo- when he's looking at Heather Graham, and like a glimpse of his eye, she disappears. And you see a rabbit on the table. Yeah. So actually, they were going to place a live rabbit on there. They're like, dude, you can't have a live rabbit in the ED incident. And after that, they said they threw us out. (laughs) They threw him out after they put the live rabbit on there? Yeah, it says the derby was very lenient, you know, on filming there. And it says a tool, a lot of rabbit was placed on the bar for a key scene. It's like a board of health thing, you know, like Fabro explained. They're like, you can't have a live animal in an eating establishment. Because, so after the scene, they threw us out. <laughs> I guess after they were done filming. Okay. Yeah, just for some food for thought about this film. I love it, man. Dude, yeah, Swingers was-, was like one of the best freaking movies that came out that year, man. Dude, that movie blew me away. Swingers, Heat, and Swingers is what made me want to be a filmmaker. Dude, and John Favreau wrote this uh, the screenplay in a week and a half. Did you know that? No. Did not know a week that. And a, a week and a half he wrote that. That's he, had like, he had like five bucks to make this movie. Dude, they were putting moms and dads in there. They're putting everybody in there, man. Putting yeah, there was like and sisters in there. Dude, there was like sixty-four cast members in the whole movie. That's it. Well, that's a lot. And that actually. and that's from, that's from being like an extra, basically. It was all extras because you got like derby dancer, derby dancer. You got a bunch of dancers. You got. You know, Scully's crew, bartender, lounge lizard, pit boss, gamblers, uh, peekaboo girl, girl at party, girl at party. Vernon Vaughn was the $100 gambler. Joan Favreau was the $5 winner. (laughs) The $5 winner. (laughs) That's when she was like, would you like some breakfast? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, and then you get up there like Brooke, Brooke Langton. If this is her. Yep. I guess John Favreau put Brooke Langton Langton in there in, in um, the replacements with him because uh, Brooke Langton, Nikki, 
the one that John Favreau creeped out on the phone, like he wouldn't oh, get off the phone yeah. and keep leaving her voicemails. She, she was in that. She movie. was in the replacement. She was the main cheerleader. Uh, Keanu Reeves' love interest in the replacements. And then, and I guess so. Maybe John Favreau got her that role. It does I don't make know. sense. I didn't even realize that. But starting with that dude, everybody else is like an extra. Nobody I recognize on here, man. Uh, but like, once you get to Brooke Langton, who played Nikki, you got Catherine Kendall, who played. Uh, who does she play? I don't even know who she played. I don't recognize her. Lisa. Oh. Wasn't Lisa his ex? Yeah. So she must have been in pictures because she was never in the movie. But she still gets credit. Unless that was her voice. Like if it was the same girl in the pictures that lended her voice on the phone, then okay. But then you've got Heather Graham. Probably was. Then you've got Heather Graham as Lorraine. Alex Dessert, who was Charles... And Alex Dessert was the guy with dreads in PCU with John Favreau and Jeremy Piven. And then you got Patrick Van Horn, who played Sue, the guy, the guy named Sue. The reason, and do you, do you know why that character's name was Sue? What in the movie? You remember the guy that pulled the gun on House of Pain? Yeah, it was like we kept our rep, bro. His the character's name. He's a guy, but his name is Sue. Do you know why that is? No. So in the movie, they made mention that Sue's dad was a Johnny Cash fan. Oh yeah, that song "Boy Named Sue." That's right. And and then so, dude, you only have six actors. I'd say eight actors. Brooke Langton is Nikki, who he creeped out. Catherine Kendall, who played Lisa, the ex girlfriend. Heather Graham as Lorraine, Alex Dessert as Charles, Patrick Van Horn as Sue, Ron Livingston as Rob, the, his buddy. Yeah. And then Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. Eight main characters. And that's a lot. Even for an indie film, that's a lot. Because I'm sure, I'm sure his dad didn't get paid. <laughs> probably not. You got, who is this? Hold on a second here. I mean, you take a look at Reservoir Dogs. Where did that movie take place? The whole freaking movie. In a warehouse? In the warehouse. And I think the whole crew, you got, I think the six guys that had the color names, Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Orange, Mr. Pink, Mr. Blue, Mr. Brown. So that's six. Well, I think two or three of those guys Correction, two of those guys got killed off right during the robbery. All six of those guys, plus, plus, uh, who was it? Uh, Big Joe and Nice Guy Eddie. So that's eight. All those guys were in the diner scene. You might have some extras in the diner. And then Mr. Pink had that shootout in the street. There was maybe like 10 or 20 people in the street, a couple of cops. Then 
there was that other shootout where uh, Mr. White and Mr. Orange were driving away. They tried to carjack some lady. She shot him. He shot her back. So that's a lady right there, right? And then they were in a strip club. So that's Mr. White, Mr. Orange, Big Joe, Nice Guy Eddie, maybe some extras in the strip club. And then the rest of the movie was in the warehouse. So they said their, their budget was $1.2 million. What was? Their budget. And they grossed. For, for Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, $1.2 million, And then they grossed $2.8 million. <laughs> But that's because of the... Uh, that's because of the uh it was it was a limited release. Harvey Keitel pulled a lot of strings for that movie. Harvey Keitel promoted the shit out of that movie. Um Hold on a second. He promoted the shit out of that movie. He took a major pay cut for that movie. Now here we go. Swingers, budget, 200000 Opening weekend, 74000 But apparently, as of today, gross U.S. and worldwide, $4.5 That can't be right. I guess. Jeez. I guess, man. That's crazy numbers, though. After Thanksgiving, it made over $300,000, though. So, gross to date. Because it's still probably getting money from Netflix since it's on Netflix. Yeah, from whatever, yeah. I mean, getting residuals. Right. Dude, that was still like the best movie out there, man. It still is. So it's a, I, I mean, would say that's a kind of a cult classic. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for me, dude... Swingers and Heat are like the two greatest movies out there, and it's for one major reason. It's acting. Every character in Swingers and every character in Heat, they had chemistry. They were able to work with each other and work off of each other. I mean, this, the simplest script, like you said, Swingers was written in a week and a half. It was those guys working together is, is what pulled off such a hilarious, emotional inspiring creative movie that's my opinion i mean the whole diner scene when when uh john favreau finally pulled it off at that dance club and dancing with that girl and then they go to the diner later and and uh trent is losing his mind in the diner i mean that's all him dude just being a douchebag just being just letting loose and having a wild time in the diner improv in it 
Like half that movie was probably improv. When he's it's drunk. Just, <laughs> they probably were drunk in real life. I don't know. You're all grown up. You're all grown up. You're all grown up. Oh, I'm the asshole. I'm the asshole. I would never eat here anyway. Goodbye. I mean, what a what a what a lunatic, man. He's phenomenal, man. Dude, and they and they all lived in a dump, like all of them. Well, you remember in like the movie Sue's Mike's apartment situation, was, huh? Sue's apartment was a dump. Oh god! And then dude. Mike and then Mikey's apartment was like a a studio apartment. No, it wasn't even that, dude. You you, you raised a good point. Mikey was Mike. Mikey had the weekly rate at like a two bit motel. <laughs> You know how, like, with some of those two-bit motels, you can get the daily rate, the weekly rate, the monthly rate? Yeah. I think he even had the monthly rate at this, like, two-bit motel. It was, like, the smallest little... But I don't know where, where they were shooting that at, but it did not look like a motel. It looked like a little bit better of a place. He, I don't think he could afford a place like that. But I think they were living in some... They, had, they were at dire straits before that movie, dude. There were some struggling actors in L.A., without a doubt. Somehow got that SAG card. Started dude, making they, movies they, left and right. Dude, they had enough money, though, like because they kept going out, a little bit of money to drink with. Like I think they were just spending all their money on booze. <laughs> right. Yeah. Man, we're almost coming up on an hour on this one, dog. That's Movie Mondays for you, man. So, yeah, Swingers. It should have been Swingers Monday. Swingers Monday, Because we just, we just got on a tangent. Like That was good. I enjoyed it. No. Close this out for a second. And, uh, yeah, so you got anything you want to close out with? Just hit like, subscribe, ring the bell, comment, give us a thumbs up. And that's it. That's a wrap for Movie Mondays. Well, you heard them right here. Check us out.